This is Episode 5 of Ethics and Culture Cast from the Notre Dame Center for Ethics and Culture. Welcome to Episode 5 of Ethics and Culture Cast from the Notre Dame Center for Ethics and Culture. I'm Ken Hellenius, the Communications Specialist at the Center. In this episode, we sit down with Allison Cox, the Center's Law and Public Policy Fellow. We chat about her experience as a recent graduate of our Soren Fellows program, her work with the Notre Dame Right to Life Club, and what she's doing this year as a Fellow of the Center. Let's head into the Maritime Library for this week's conversation. Allie was a Soren Fellow at the Center for Ethics and Culture, and she graduated from Notre Dame this past May. She's spending the next year with us in the Center as an intern. Welcome, Allie. Thank you, Ken. So to begin, congratulations on graduating from Notre thank Dame. Thank you, thank you. What did you study? What was your major? Yeah, my major was uh, biological sciences, and then I had minors in theology and Catholic social tradition. While you were a student at Notre Dame, how did you get involved with the Center for Ethics and Culture? The center was recommended to me as a center that really fit my specific interests by a couple of upperclassmen that I was friends with. Um, Aaron Lynch, who now works at the Women's Care Center, and Dominic Canonico, who's headed off to law school at Columbia and, like, master's in theology here, I believe. Um, so both, like, really fantastic kids I'd gotten to know as a freshman um, who recommended the center to me. Um, and I started working as an undergraduate employee at the center as a sophomore. So you were involved for three years with yes. the center? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, did you do anything fun? Yeah, I did. <laughs> um, I the, f- the summer after my sophomore year, I got to spend a month in New York studying the effects of imprisonment on motherhood by working with women who had just gotten out of prison and their children for about a month, just qualitative like relationship building and understanding their stories and the different effects that being in prison had had on their families' lives. And that research was funded by the center. Um, so that was really important for me because I was looking for a future in criminal law. And so that was like a really like human-oriented experience to understand the justice system and how it in- affects individuals, especially mothers. Um, So that was fantastic. Um, And then the following spring of my junior year, I was abroad in Rome, and I was placed at an internship at the Pontifical Academy for Life. And that was incredible to do that for six months, um, working steps from the Vatican with really incredible staff members working to advise the Pope on issues of bioethics and pro-life values. Um, And then the following summer, I got to do a third internship experience with the center. I was working in Rimini, Italy with the meeting, which is the biggest event of the year um, for the lay community, communion and liberation. And so it's a huge conference. They really needed me for my English skills. So I did a lot of translating, but I got to work directly with the people who did all the programming and were working with the speakers. And they do a lot of peace building through this conference. They had panels set up with people who had helped end civil wars in Africa and people who were working on Christian Christian Islam relations and just doing like really incredible work in the church. And 
just to I think it's awesome they have this place to highlight all of that amazing work um so yeah so I got to work with them for another month and yeah now I'm staying here for the year so pretty I would say the center was probably like the like biggest influence on my undergraduate career and kind of the direction that it went because each step of the way I had something center related going on so and those were all as you mentioned internships so you're in New York Mm -hmm. and you're in Italy was there were there things you participated with the center or that uh, the center helped sponsor while you were here on campus in South Bend? Yes. So uh, the, for the first couple of years, I was mostly involved through the Bread of Life dinners, which bring together faculty, staff, and students to talk about a specific life-related issue that affects campus or affects people's personal lives. Um, and I got to help organize a couple of those um, the undergraduate students get to attend really like awesome, intimate lunches and dinners with the speakers that the center brings on campus. Um, so we had, I mean, I had breakfast with me, 12 other students, and a nuncio um, who's a Notre Dame grad, and that was incredible. Um, I had breakfast with George Weigel and with um, Andrea Simoncini, who's a constitutional um, studies law professor from Florence, and just all these incredible people that I got to have like one-on-one conversations with and ask questions to. Professor Sneed invited me to have breakfast with Justice Alito. Um, so again, just like uh, and talk about being Catholic in family life as a Supreme Court justice, just like conversations that you could not have had with these really incredible Catholic leaders if it wasn't for the center and my involvement. So that was really wonderful. And then also, I think that a lot of the adults that are involved with the center are just like really fantastic models of marriage and family life. And so with the Soren Supper Club, it's like an opportunity for students to go have dinner with a family related to the center and just like see what it's what their family life is like and I don't think I participated in any of those formally but I got to know a lot of those same adults through working here and just the like what it does to your perspective as a student to see what your end goal really is is this like beautiful family life and communion and how they integrated their career and vocation into their families but like and how their priorities were set up. I just thought it was really great kind of like breaking through the all the other messages you get at a competitive undergraduate school that's completely career oriented. Um, as much as Notre Dame does, a, I think, a really good job integrating your faith and your vocation and your career, they talk a lot less about how your family, like how big of a role your family should play in your life once you graduate. So I thought that was a really nice way that kind of broke through Susie Younger ran a small, like, women's group called Vocation to Love my senior year, and that was wonderful. That was really focusing on, like, what does the, like, Catholic Church have to say about what's really beautiful and awesome about being a woman and, like, what are some of the, like, unique struggles that we have at this time in our life and how to navigate those through the lens of, like, the stories of the lives of the saints um, or through other, like, inspiring women around us and she's a wonderful example of a wife and mother so again it was like that those role models that I wouldn't have had during my undergraduate career if it wasn't for the adults at the center put in my life 
So now, while you were on campus, of course, mm-hmm. you were also the president of Indy Right to Life, yes. which is the largest student club, I'm led to believe. It's it's way definitely, yeah, it's way up there. Our um, email list has 1,500 students on it, so wow. we reach a decent amount of campus, for yeah. sure. Well, what are some of the ways that Indy Right to Life has an impact on campus? One of the really, like, explicit ways that we have an impact on student lives is through one of our commissions is aimed at pregnant and parenting student resources. So it's both communicating what those resources are to students in the hopes that someone facing an unplanned pregnancy would have access to that information or know that those resources exist and try to like chip away at that immediate panic. Like there's no way that I can do this and there's no way that this fits into my plan for four years to have an unplanned pregnancy. So we tried really hard to work on the university advocating for their own resources better and educating students about those more intentionally. And then we also, that commission also works to push the university in new ways of how they could better those resources. So whether it's like just having meetings with different administrators and asking different questions that maybe they hadn't thought of before or trying to bring the right people together to think about maybe this is a gap in the resources. So that's like a really specific way that Notre Dame Right to Life helps student, students directly um, who might be facing an unplanned pregnancy while they're a student. We're also in the midst of trying to figure out a way for Notre Dame Right to Life students to be involved as babysitters for undergrads or graduate students looking for affordable family care so that they never have to choose between family life and their academic responsibilities. Also in the hopes that it's less scary as an undergrad or graduate student to find out that you're pregnant if that wasn't in the plans for the time while you're pursuing your Ph.D., Um, especially because financially that can be a really tough place to be. So we're working on trying to create that new resource right now and see if we can kind of model to the university that this is a need that maybe could um, change the way that families and babysitting and child care is looked at from the university's perspective. That's our long-term hope for that service at least. And then otherwise, we I mean, we cover a whole plethora of issues um, from working with Uh, kids and adults with developmental disabilities. We have service with that and also with working with the elderly at Holy Cross Village. Um, We do a lot of volunteering at the Women's Care Center and Hannah's house. And we started a new commission last year called Arimathea that works to place students as pallbearers for the funerals of persons who are homeless in the South Bend community who might not have pallbearers at their funerals. Um, So we really try to cover a lot of different human dignity issues and then we have teams working on end-of-life issues like assisted suicide and the death penalty um and yeah i mean there's i think there's like 25 independent commissions running at all times inside of right to life that are doing all kinds of amazing work that's either more academic or politically focused versus service um focused and then they have the event focused one like the march for life team and the baby showers that we throw for the Women's Care Center moms every semester. So it's a lot of different things going on at once. So it's it felt kind of like managing a small business. But luckily, I had an absolutely incredible team that I worked with on the executive board. And it was a fantastic year. Well, let's switch gears a bit. 
Um, okay. Tell me a bit about your current internship. My current internship. Uh, so what are you working on at the Center for Ethics and Culture this year? So this year, my fancy title is the Law and Public Policy Fellow for the Center. But what that actually means is that I'm getting access to Professor Carter Sneed is a law professor and the director of our center. And he has been willing to take me on kind of as a personal like, research assistant for the year and really prepare me in t- intentionally for law school. So whether that's shadowing law classes, uh, learning how to write law memos, um, and doing research with him directly on different bioethical issues, potentially traveling to see different cases and then shadowing different lawyers. So it's a year of like trying to figure out how I can use my time at the center and my like passion for fighting for human dignity in my law career. So I have a really focused vision when I get there of what the purpose of my degree is. And then I get to do all the fun center events that I loved so much as an undergrad along the way. So it's a great fit. Now kind of see them from, as you were mentioning, it was the influential adults that made a big difference. Now you're one of them. Hopefully. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully I can be a good resource to the students as someone who made it, (laughs) got through all the classes and um, got to spend a lot of time at the center as well. Awesome. Now, what are your goals and hopes for beyond this this year, your, your fellowship this year? So I'm in the process of applying to law school. That's the most immediate goal is law school. And I'm not 100% sure on what I want to do with that yet, but I've narrowed it down, I think, between a career that's more focused on life issues and bioethics versus I'm also really attracted to criminal law and the reform of the criminal justice system. So I think that both paths are really focused on the poor and the vulnerable and how I can use my degree to protect them. But I'm not positive like which which path I'm going to go down. Hopefully that's something I can have more clarity about by the end of this fellowship with the center. Well, thank you very much for sharing with us this morning. Thanks, Ken. Thank you to our Law and Public Policy Fellow, Allie Cox. You can learn more about the Center for Ethics and Culture by visiting ethicscenter.nd.edu. You can subscribe to Ethics and Culture Cast, which is released every other Thursday during the academic year, by visiting ethicscenter.nd.edu slash podcast. Please rate us on Apple Podcasts, and don't forget to tell your friends. Our theme music is I Don't Know by Grapes, licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution License. We'll see you next time on Ethics and Culture Cast. Until then, make good decisions. <laughs>